The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. Long ago, in an ancient and distant apartment in New York City, lived a mystical podcast. Two woodland bears, Vin and Scott, sought to answer all of the universe's questions. Why, listen to the bamboo flutes in the distance now. You can almost hear it. We are the Trilogy Podcast, the only podcast in the universe devoted strictly to trilogies. No reboots, no straight-to-cables, legit trilogies only. We're bringing you facts, we're bringing you trivia, we're bringing you debate, we're bringing you more. To hell with the movie, if they made four. To hell with the movie! Skidoosh! Woo! All right. Woo. It's good to be back, Scott. It is. And celebrating a different New Year. Yes. Last time we celebrated the American, the Western New Year with Bridget Jones. Yes. And now we're celebrating the Chinese New Year with, why don't you tell us, Scott? Why, it's Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) Trilogy. The Kung Fu Panda Trilogy. All right. So, we are back in Asia. Yes, and I think this we've is, been here before. We have been here before, but usually it's a a second or third film that brings us to Asia. Yeah, right. We've been um, to Asia with Bridget Jones and the Bad News Bears and The Hangover and The Karate Kid, Rush Hour, Missing in Action. Yes. So we've been to Asia, but I believe this is the first trilogy that takes place completely in Asia. But it's nice to see the people who made these movies. Uh, they took a lot of time, and uh, and they're they're like fans of kung fu. No, no like, question about it. Yeah. And mystically, we found that our most popular episode right now is the Hotel Transylvania episode. Yeah. If anybody knows why that's happening, feel free to like at us, at, uh, you know, on Twitter. Or I mean, Instagram. we think it's great. Of course, we think all of our episodes are great. DM us and just let us know. But of all the trilogies. Uh... I'm afraid that it's like related to something sinister, you know? Yeah, it scares me. Like maybe there's a band of like real life vampires who are like, yeah, we love these guys. Well, I wasn't thinking that. I thought maybe we offended someone. Well, I mean, not real life vampires, but like some people who think they are and they're out there drinking blood and listening to our podcast. I don't know. It worries real vampires. That's a little insane. It worries me. Okay. So we're trying to capitalize on the kid crowd. So we're doing another kid's movie. This one's for you, little Jimmy. The Kung Fu Panda trilogy is in a category we call, a little something for the kids. These films were made specifically for children. With respect to theme, plot, and character. Now leave me alone, douchebag one, and two. Vile, vulgar, yes, but... Right. I guess. This is no question, a little something for the kids. The kind of trilogy invented and created specifically for children. And we'll probably get into this more as we go. But there's not so much for adults. There's the, like, your typical, like, winky jokes here or there that you know that's like parents are like, oh. Right. The, the kids are like, what does that mean? Like, sure. You have to explain it to them. Like, But, but not res- many. With respect to just the colors and the action and the movement and the characters and even the themes, this is for children. For sure. Basic yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. All right. And it, it was written by people who knew it was for children and not by Adam Sandler and his friends. So it was Boy. probably enjoyable for children. Then. Yeah. All right. I appreciate you hearkening <laughs> back to our other kids trilogy. I, I thought about it the whole time where yeah. I was like, I will say overall, I think this trilogy is uh, better <laughs> than that one. You're going to say that right now. I'll say it now. You're going to say it right now. This early in the podcast. Well, right I won't now. tell you which one I like the most hey. yet. All right. Fair enough. We should probably move right along to the plots. Yes. All right. Because if you're an adult, there's a great chance 
if you don't have children, you may not have seen these, right, Scott? No, I mean, that's probably true. You may have never seen these movies, um, or perhaps you don't want to watch these movies. And uh, it's a Scott Plot, no. and we're fighting with Scott. It's a Scott Plot, and we're going a Scott Plot. Now, and we're going to town, and we're going to turn what? a frown upside down. I'll never go to your town. <laughs> And it won't turn my frown upside down. I'm sorry. Well, you really faked me out on that one. You actually went into your little spiel about the plots and then yeah. went to the song. Yeah. I thought you'd forgotten. Threw you one. I really was thrown. Thrown you. I'm going to pick myself up off this couch. Gave you a little uh, Jack Black realness there. Were you? Yeah, that was Jack Black-esque. Yeah. That was Jack Black-ish. Yeah. So, the plots. You ready for him? Yes. Uh, these are the plots. Uh, of course, they're always uh, very bare bones. I try not to use character names. I try not to get too specific with things. Just give you the general idea of what the happenings are in the movie. Uh, for those of you who uh, didn't watch the movies and don't want to watch the movies or it's been a while and you want a refresher, this is for you. Here we go. Kung Fu Panda. 2008. In a valley in China. An old turtle tells a red panda he has had a prophecy of the return of an evil snow leopard who was a former kung fu student of the red panda who was denied being chosen as a prophesied warrior and wants to steal an ancient scroll that is believed to grant special powers. You getting this, folks? Just the general villagers and townsfolk are always rabbits and pigs. Yes. And weak yeah. rabbits and pigs. <laughs> they need to be protected. They need they can't to do anything. Can't. Yeah. So... It is decided that at a public gathering, the turtle will choose the prophesied warrior to fight the snow leopard. Meanwhile, a fat, stupid, lazy panda who is a fan of kung fu and works at his goose dad's noodle shop decides to attend the gathering and is surprisingly chosen as the prophesied warrior. Listen, if I'm one of the members of the Fantastic Five or whatever, the Furious Five, yeah. I'm resenting the panda immediately. Oh, for sure. I'm enraged. That's what, the plot makes sense right away. You're like, yeah, I get why people are mad. He doesn't have any ability or skill or... Looks like a fool. Athleticism. Right. So we may be over-talking this <laughs> already. Perhaps. <laughs> the panda is surprisingly chosen as the prophesied warrior. The red panda believes this to be a mistake. And with the help of his five kung fu students, tries to scare off the lazy panda with an intense training regiment. Which nearly works. Hmm. But with the impending arrival of the snow leopard, the five students rush to try and defeat him while the red panda trains the panda using food as a motivator. And you know, that whole food as a motivator thing, it's used a little haphazardly in this first film. Until this training scene, which is a good training scene with the right. dumplings. Make no mistake about it. Yes. It's not like he's portrayed as being a crazy gluttonous. He, he, he's he's a, a restaurant worker. Yeah, he's a he's a waiter, but he's also he's a panda, so he eats a lot of food. He's a big guy, he's a lot of fat. So you're telling me I'm supposed to know walking in a panda is just a gluttonous? No, we see him creature. earlier. He eats some stuff. Does he eat some yeah. stuff? Yeah. The students soon return paralyzed from nerve attacks from the snow leopard, and the red panda decides it's time to give the panda the ancient scroll. But when they open the scroll, it's mysteriously blank. That's a running gag in all these films that all of the ancient wisdom is nothing at it's all times. Bullshit. It's nothing. Just, yeah. Everyone is trying to get something that is nothing. It's all made up. I mean, even the bad guy's like, you gotta be kidding me. At the end, he's like, what? Are you, are you serious? <laughs> he ridiculous. gives a double take. To, he could, he, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I did all this for this? Everyone double takes that scroll. You guys told me, what? What? <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, too. He's like, what? 
<laughs> he has a funny little bit with Hang a scroll a where he's flipping and flopping with it. He yeah. can't read it. It's funny. <laughs> Scrolls. Defeated, the panda returns to his goose dad's noodle shop while the red panda fights the snow leopard. Goose dad tells panda son that like his noodle soup, things are only special because we choose to believe they are. The panda finally understands the blank scroll and goes to confront the snow leopard. Will no one mention that his father is a goose? They almost get to it in the scene you just described. <laughs> yeah, and it's just a gag. I it's love kind that. of a gag. They don't even say it, but of course the second and third films right. are all about experiment that on idea. that. Yeah. Because everyone's kind of wondering the same thing. What, yeah, what like, happened here? But seriously, are you guys ever going to cover that? If you're going to make another movie, <laughs> you might as well cover that. Like, I mean, please answer that question. Yeah. I feel like, that, yeah, that was like question one and like the feedback. They're like, do you have any questions after watching the movie? What's the deal? You guys are going to, is there going to be another one where yeah. we get some backstory? Exactly. Maybe like a short that would tell us? Uh... <laughs> Anything. <laughs> the panda goes to confront the snow leopard, who is unable to land a nerve attack on the panda because fat. <laughs> just the power of yes just blocks it just fat and that's really just a throwback to the kill bill five point exploding heart technique yeah where yeah. you just die once oh when he puts it on tyloom or whatever when he turtle. puts it on the turtle <laughs> yeah yep, that's what i thought of immediately yeah the snow leopard eventually gets the scroll but finding it blank cannot understand the lesson. Ugh. And the panda obliterates him with an ancient kung fu move, gaining the respect of the five students and bringing the red panda inner peace. Mm. That's the first one. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't even know what kind of an animal Dustin Hoffman was. I had to look it up. I had, you did too then. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. But Amy knew immediately. She's like, it's a red panda. I'm like, what am I supposed to know? Every fucking animal <laughs> I was like, what is he, China? like a mouse? He's a, a Pikachu? Small, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Are they related to each other? Is that why they're both hungry? They share that funny line about getting some food at the end of the first film? That's... It's pretty funny. I like that. Yeah. This yeah. cute little line to end with. It felt like a little bit like the shawarma Avengers thing, yeah. you know? Like, nice. That, like, oh, I like the idea that when we don't see them, they get lunch together. Yeah, they, yep. <laughs> All right, so we'll just jam right into Kung Fu Panda 2. 2011. 30 years earlier, an evil peacock who has weaponized fireworks is told by a seer that a panda will be his downfall. So he kills all the pandas in town and gets exiled. Look, let me tell you something. You can't just invent fireworks and be like, but if I point that at someone... Well, it's it's he, now a missile. They make like, oh my God, he thought of this brilliant weapon that can stop everybody. It's like he took a firework and then he made it big. That's all oh. he did. It's just a big firework. Yeah. Gun. There were firework right? balls, though, at the end that he was firing right. at. So were, it was weaponized. Like, what's happening yeah, here? These are cannonballs. Right. Like, Thank you. What's happening? That's, not what, I'm, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's all. That's all. It's like he discovered, hey, did you know there's gunpowder and fireworks? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, Why are we just shooting these things in the sky? They can kill people. And our modern selves looking back at here, we're like, oh, he discovered a gun. All right. <laughs> yeah. He can take over all of China now. That peacock's name was Smith and Wesson. <laughs> what? How was he both? <laughs> you just made a joke and fucking contradicted your own joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh. In present day, the panda is searching for inner peace, but enjoying his lifestyle as a kung fu master, when during a battle with some wolves, he sees a symbol on one of the wolves' armor that triggers scary, repressed memories about his panda parents. When the panda confronts his goose dad about his past, 
Gustad admits that he adopted the panda after finding him in a box of radishes. A really touching scene. Cute. I have to say. Anytime you see him him as a baby panda or later when you see baby pandas, they're very cute. They're animated very cute. Um, I'm not going to go there with you, Scott. But I will tell you that scene is cute and that the Kung Fu Panda Poe is clearly suffering from PTSD during this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time he sees that, it's not just a memory. He's having a full flashback. It's a darker movie. Having a seizure. It's definitely a darker movie. Yeah. No question. It's the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy, for sure. Again, now you're you're saying something (laughs) that I can't. That's really a leap. (laughs) It's the Temple of Doom of this (laughs) trilogy. Yeah. The peacock suddenly returns with an enormous fireworks cannon, and the five students and the panda are sent to deal with him, but they are almost immediately captured and brought before the peacock. The five students and the panda are able to break free, but cannot capture the peacock, as the panda is once again distracted when he sees the symbol from earlier on the peacock's plumage, and realizes the peacock must know what became of his parents. And it's like, will you tell somebody, Poe? Let somebody know what's going on. The point is, why would Vietnam flashback? Why would he be trying to hide that from everyone? Why wouldn't he say to everyone, I'm fucking going crazy. I keep seeing this shit. <laughs> the five students tell the panda to stay behind as they try to deal with the peacock. But the panda interferes and gets the five students captured and himself shot with the firework gun, sending him flying. <sighs> The seer finds the panda and shows him his destroyed village from his childhood. And the panda remembers his parents giving their lives to save him from the peacock's destruction and realizes that this event doesn't define him, bringing him inner peace. The peacock attacks with his armada of ships, but the panda's inner peace has given him the ability to redirect the peacock's cannonballs back at his armada, (laughs) destroying them. Naturally, it sounds ridiculous that the peacock... As an armada of ships. Yes. Just putting those two words together sounds crazy, but he does. You know, I love the peacock. I love how he's visualized in this movie as his feathers being these weapons. Yes. Just another example, though, just like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where these are piercing, stabbing weapons that never seem to pierce or stab <laughs> anyone because they're kids' movies. They can't show yeah. bloody slashes or right. stabbings. Yeah. So half the weapons there are for show, for blocking to hit someone in the head with the the butt of it, with the yeah. handle. Well, I mean, these movies are a little bit easier because most of them are just fighting with their hands. So, yeah. like, the, the you know, the bad guys usually have a weapon. You know a what I mean? Good point. Like, good point. But I was just thinking that with these pointy feathers, they're never going to stab someone. No, no. But so. they're good enough to uh, open a lock, apparently. Yeah, they look cool, though. Yeah. The panda returns home and proclaims Goose Dad his real dad. Cut to... The panda's real panda dad sensing his son is alive. That whole thing where he's sensing that his son is alive going into the third film that you're about to describe really negates the whole point of the second film. Right. It's what he has inside that counts. He built the whole life without knowing that. And knowing this shouldn't change that. And, but and then, then it changes suddenly that. it changes that. And he's got to know. Yeah. It's one thing if you do it in the next movie, but to put it at the end of the last movie, yeah. it's like, eh. Well, so if it came to you, the, the dad shows up, the dad shows up. It's not like he looked, you know what I mean? You can make it work, but it's a little weird to be like, I love you, dad. Like, but I'm your dad. And look, and look, the next movie wasn't made for five years. So did they pigeonhole themselves into it having to be about the panda village and the panda father? I guess you would have to, though, because, I mean, trilogy rules. You're just going to keep expanding on 
this character and That's his true. backstory. And so. look, they at least respected that idea. They didn't leave it hanging and they kept going with the narrative. So yeah. it makes it more pure in its own way. Sure. All right. So break it down for us. Okay. Let's, let's rock out three. Here we are with Kung Fu Panda 3. 2016. In the spirit world, the old dead turtle is battling a giant bull who is stealing Kung Fu Master's life forces to empower himself. The bull defeats the old dead turtle and steals his life force and vows to take the pandas too. The spirit world is really weird, this movie. I don't I don't get yeah, it. There's, I don't get the spirit world. I have world. a lot of questions about like uh, how it works. And yeah. We'll get into it later. How I got it works. Some notes I about that. I don't think you should adopt it as your religion. No, no, I just mean, a couple of. Quick... Are you looking to convert, Scott? Is that no, what no, you're... no, 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 no? Is that no, what no, this movie inspired no, no, you no, to? No, 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 no. No, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm a Jedi. You know that. Oh, that's right. I believe you wrote that down in the census. <laughs> yes, and then they arrested me. <laughs> what? It's only legal in England. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Red Panda retires from teaching and gives the job to the panda who tries to emulate the Red Panda's teaching style and sucks at it. Mm. The Red Panda suggests the panda should be himself. When the panda gets home, he meets his panda dad, who claims he received a message mentally telling him to come here, and he and his panda son bond instantly. The goose dad is suspicious of panda dad and jealous of the panda's relationship. Then... The bull attacks the town with zombie versions of the masters whose life forces he has stolen. Zombie versions? Yes. Well, there's they're jade versions. But they call them jade zombies. They call them jade zombies? Yes. Yeah, I believe they do. Zombies? Mecha lecha high, mecha hiney ho, my friend. Y- yes. Well, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> the panda and the five students defeat the zombies while Panda Dad looks on in horror. It is revealed that the old dead turtle and the bull used to be friends. And after a battle where the old dead turtle was injured, the bull brought him to a tribe of pandas to heal the turtle with their ability to manipulate life force. Bullshit. The pandas teach the ability to the turtle, but the bull wants all the power and tries to steal the panda's life forces before the turtle sends him to the spirit world. To defeat the bull, the panda must learn this power of manipulating life forces, and Panda Dad offers to teach him. So the five students and the red panda stay to deal with the bull, while Panda travels with Panda Dad back to the panda village. Okay. When Panda arrives at the panda village, he finds Goose Dad, who, jealous of Panda Dad and Panda's relationship, stowed away in one of their big wicker backpacks. (laughs) How do you know in that world what's just a regular duck that doesn't talk and doesn't have a personality <laughs> versus one that does? Yeah, I mean, are yeah, there any I animals? Wonder, is it in just in this particular valley that there are anthropomorphic animals? Yeah. Like, do, are they all, are they all vegetarians? Well, they're well, dumplings, but they we know you know what's inside. Well, so that's kind of vague. Every other thing is a vegetable product. I think they are vegetarians because yeah. they, what are you going to eat? Every good food is covered. Pigs, yeah, ducks, shrimp, cows. Yeah, maybe seafood. You get away with that. Scott, on the ball as always. (laughs) Panda begins his training by learning to be a panda, i.e. chillaxing and being lazy as fuck. Oh, baby. The bull steals all the Kung Fu Master's life forces and is on his way to the panda village to steal theirs, so the pandas decide to flee. 
when Panda insists Panda Dad teach him the ability to manipulate life forces, Panda Dad confesses he doesn't know how, and that he brought him to Panda Village to keep Panda safe. There's always a fat guy that pretends to have magic powers, and at the end of the day, he doesn't have any magic powers. Wait, what's another example? (laughs) I'm talking about life, my friend, not movies. Life. Panda goes to train while Panda Dad and Goose Dad have a good dad talk, inspiring Panda Dad to offer the Panda villagers as warriors to help Panda. Very progressive talk. Very. Yes. The adoptive father and the real father. Yeah. Kind of, that, know, that concept of him being like, yo, it's more for Poe, not less yeah. for me. And we'll be like, wow, that's, really, that's really? a really nice way of thinking about it. Panda realizes he's at his best when he's himself. And that should be reflected in his teaching. And Panda begins to train the Panda villagers to be their Panda selves. The bull arrives with his army of zombies and is defeated by Panda villagers doing everyday activities well. You know, it's almost like um, everyday activities well. (laughs) They're eating so well. It's almost (laughs) like in the Three Amigos when the villagers of Santo Poco all have to help. You know, like, what do you do well? We sew. And they all do that that well, and yeah. it helps them. Yeah, that's what I thought of. A, a little another trilogy actually has made me think of an Army of Darkness when he has to train all the. Uh, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly right. Same Good kind one. of idea of like, well, I'll we'll fight and I'll train you, and yeah. When Panda attempts to obliterate the bull to the spirit world using the ancient move from the first one, he cannot, as the move only works on mortals. So the panda puts the bull in a headlock and performs the move on himself, sending them both to the spirit world. Actually, I will say I thought I thought that was a pretty clever, not twist, but the idea that he couldn't do the thing. So he, I thought the idea of him doing it to himself that he could bring him there. Thought, it was slick. Yeah, but it was pretty neat actually. Can't imagine that Poe would be smart enough to come up with that on his own. But okay, yeah, movie. Well, he's grown. You know, we've seen some growth out of Poe. That's true. I don't know if that growth would in- involve him. Being willing to kill himself to save everyone. I, I mean, the growth was in his brain, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very extreme. In the spirit world, the bull gets the upper hand and starts to steal the panda's life force. But the five students, the red panda, the goose dad, the panda dad, and the panda villagers suddenly figure out how to manipulate life forces and lend their energy to the panda, which he uses to destroy the bull. The dead old turtle appears, telling the panda that he sent Panda Dad, and that Panda is his successor, and the panda returns home with all the pandas. God, it's just a matter of Poe constantly being rewarded for doing the wrong thing, time yes. after time. You're this, you're the chosen one, you're the trainer, you're magical. Yeah. He just keeps getting- Like, honestly, how are you going to skip Shifu like that? Yeah. How are you not going to give him? How's he not going to be the guy? Even Shifu is looking up saying, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding? I'm, I'm Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> One thing I did leave out of my plots, as you'll notice, is I never really mentioned who were the five students because they're so unimportant, I think, to the movies. Yeah. Some of the voice actors they got, it feels like they were an afterthought. I'm delighted you're saying that, because that's a perfect transition into us kind of talking about the scope yeah. of these films and the cast. Yeah, All right? good. First, let's talk about what this trilogy has spawned. This is a, a mega franchise now. They've done multiple short films, TV specials. Yeah. Two TV specials now. All right. Well, they, it's, they, have a, they had a Nickelodeon show, too, right? Well, they had a Nickelodeon series that went from 2011 to 2016, mm-hmm. and they have one running now on um, Amazon Prime. 
on Amazon Prime. That's right. Right. So, which is why I was surprised that there these movies weren't free on Amazon Prime. Seriously, the I, series was. Well, I paid for the first and third, but HBO gave me the second one. Yes, I did too. You did yeah. that too. So yeah. there you go. At the end of the day, Scott, this is the seventh highest-grossing animated franchise in history. The seventh. Wow. Okay, and it's going to be the third highest-grossing DreamWorks franchise after. Shrek, of course, and right. Madagascar. So this is a big deal. These movies all made a lot of money, especially overseas. Yeah. You know, in the same way that Bridget Jones in our last episode was huge in England, these are huge in China, among the top films of all time there. And and I think from what I read about it, it seems like it kind of changed the way they do animation in China now, too. Yeah. Because all... they kind of looked at the first movie and were like, yep. well, why aren't we doing this? We could do this easily. And now there's a, a, a DreamWorks in China somewhere. They yeah. have like a, a, an Asian DreamWorks. Well, to the point where the third film was actually co-produced. With them. Right. With, they redid the animation so that it syncs with the, um, the Chinese dialogue and everything. Oh, yeah. So, nice. I'm sorry. I don't speak Japanese. A lot of people, though, Scott... They praise that shadow puppetry in the beginning. Yes. Okay. And I really liked it too. Yeah, that was, was pretty the cool. First and the second film, they had that cool shadow puppetry animation, very different looking. Yeah. And it was praised, but a lot of people said that it was akin to Samurai Jack. Jendi Tartakovsky. Director of the three Hotel Transylvania films. So we see a little bit of an influence here, that style of animation a little bit. Yeah, I for saw sure. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a little connection for all you hotel Transylvania fans out there. I, I think that's also part. I feel like Samurai Jack, it was around the time when audiences were getting open to more like anime okay. and things like that. Too. Good call. Good call. So I feel like it started to bleed into the American culture a little bit Good through Samurai call. Jack, through this. I'm sending you back to hell. Ha ha. Your threats are as empty as your title. All hail Vegeta, Prince of No One. Also remember that this film and the second film were both nominated for the Academy Award for um, best animated picture. Yes. The first one lost to Wall-E. Oh. The robot. Yeah. Thing. All right. And the second one lost to Rango. Rango's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. I've never seen Rango. What's that with like? Uh, good. The lizard? With a chameleon or something? He, he's, I forget what kind of, he's like Doing a. something. The lizard? He's going to die. The one thing I want to say about the second film is a great quote from one of the screenwriters. He said, we never really thought of this as a movie set in China for Americans, but rather set in a mythical, universalized China for everyone in the world. Hmm. I thought that that really captures the feeling of the movie. Yeah, for sure. It's all what we sort of imagine Chinese culture to be without being offensive. Right. It's kind of interesting to see this now where it's like you're telling a, a, a Chinese story using Chinese culture rather right. than telling it by using American culture Good to tell point. the story. And at the same time, it, it it's risky enough that it can be funny about it. The universe has brought us the dragon warrior. What? 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 Scott, the cast of this trilogy is enormous with big names, some justified, some not. Yeah. It should start, I think, with Jack Black. Of course. All right. He is Poe. He is the Kung Fu Panda. Um, he's never been in a trilogy. This is his only trilogy. I was surprised by that, actually. I was, too. He's pretty close, though. 
uh, to a couple of new ones. Oh, is that right? So there are two Goosebumps movies, and there are also mm. two Jumanji of the new Jumanji. Yep, yep. I have those down um, as films he's done. So I feel like, and I think there might be a third Jumanji coming. High Fidelity is the movie that broke Jack Black, broke him wide open. He'd been yeah, bouncing around Hollywood for years, but that's the movie where he people took notice. And then he yeah. had a string of cool movies from the late 90s into the early 2000s. High Fidelity, Shallow Hal, Orange County, School of Rock... Nacho Libre. That was his. I love Nacho Libre. That's his corridor of like hot actor, the biggest comedic actor in Hollywood, pretty much. Sure. Okay. I looked like a fool last night. I want to be a great fighter, but I can't even beat a couple of guys in the street. And now he's having a nice turn now where he's playing slightly more like daddish roles yeah. now that he's gotten a little bit older, doing more kids movies and stuff. He does the kids movies. He has voiceover experience with the Shark Tale movie. Which is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and you know what? I saw him in a movie called Bernie, a serious movie. It's awesome. It's really it's a great good. movie. He was nominated for a Golden good. Globe for it, and I think he should have gotten an Oscar uh, nomination for it. It's very good. It's one of those that makes me go like, it's surprising to me then. Why were you so bad in King Kong? Gulliver's Travels too. Oh there, yeah, there's right. only so much so much you can do with just sheer enthusiasm and energy. Yeah, and well, I think he's had to become more versatile as he's gotten older. Well, that's why, and I mean, uh, we should mention too that he's also a member of the band Tenacious D. Yep, his whole um, music world, which he actually they had a Tenacious D TV show on HBO. Ah. For a few episodes, and it's funny because they used to show up on uh, Mr. Show. Yeah. Um, and a lot of their songs that became popular years later, like Tribute and things like that, were all written years ago for that. And they just oh. they had never released it as an album before. So once they did, it blew up and right. became a big deal. With karate, I'll kick your ass. Hit to Tiananmen Square. Oh, yeah, motherfucker. I'm gonna kick your fucking dairy hair. Yeah, yeah. You broke the rules. Now I pull out all your pubic hair. All right. Um, you got Dustin Hoffman playing Sifu. Yeah. He's Hollywood royalty. Of course. Um, I'm just going to name. This is just the movies he's been nominated for an Academy Award for. Nothing else. Just his nominations are The Graduate, Lenny, Kramer versus Kramer, Tootsie, which they're making or they've just made a musical, a musical yeah. on Broadway for. So he's still relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, Rain Man, Wag the Dog, a little known film, which is excellent. Um, I think, aren't you a big Hook fan? I love Hook. So that's a yeah. big movie for Dustin as well. And that's another, That's one of those where he just disappeared into that, like where yeah. he's just Captain Hook. I didn't love Hook, but for me, Bob Hoskins steals the show as me in that movie. He absolutely does. So he, that's I've me. never seen a better casting of like a, a literary yep. character. Like, perfect. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't you dare try to stop me this time, Smee. Try to stop me. Me, you better get up off your ass. Get over here, me. I'm coming. I'm coming. This is not a joke. I'm committing a suicide. And James Hong, Goose Dad. That dude is like 92 years old, still working, sharp as a whip when he performs. Always very funny. That's a trilogy superstar. We talked about him actually at length um, in Missing in Action. So we're not going to. Get, That's right. We're not going to get too deep into him, but I mean, what do you like him from? Do you like him from Big Trouble in Little China, Scott? Do you like him from Gimme One? I think of him, I, I always think of him as the, the in Seinfeld, when uh, they go to the Chinese restaurant, he's there you the go. host there. Iconic, the golden child he's in as well. Yeah. Tango in Cash, Mulan, we mentioned it. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I like him in that um, as well. So he's great. Let's quickly run through the Fabulous Five, the Furious Five, the... 
The Furious Five. The Furious Five. Um, they're all big names, and we could go on and on forever about them, but I don't, I don't really want to. I want to just kind of touch on them and move through it. Yep. Now, they're obviously based upon the animal kung fu styles. Now, those yes. styles are dragon, which is who Panda ostensibly is. Right. Tiger, snake, leopard, who the bad guy is in this one, in the first film. Right. And the crane. All right. They've added for this film, the monkey and the mantis. Not monkey style or mantis style? I think they have styles. There are styles, but not like the five main of Kung Fu. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Okay. You got the tiger, Angelina Jolie. They like her at DreamWorks. She's in uh, Shark Tale as well. Well, I think, again, I think, she, the main... I think she's got more of a global following. I think that people know the name in Asia, Angelina Jolie. I honestly do. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably true. I, I really do. It is about, it's all about the Chinese market, basically. It, and, and that's the case with Jackie Chan playing the monkey. Right. Because he doesn't even speak English good. It doesn't even, it doesn't make any sense at all. Tiger and monkey, Jolie and Jackie Chan, are, are meant to appeal to the Chinese market. Same thing sure. with Lucy Liu as the snake. I mean, Jackie Chan's pretty beloved in the American market, too. But, but he's not beloved for his voice. He's no. beloved for everything but his voice. Right. That is an actual liability. Yeah. That, that, that's what makes no sense about it. Yeah. Um, and Lucy Liu, at the time, the movie she had done before this was Codename The Cleaner with Cedric the Entertainer. So it's not like career was... She didn't do Charlie's Angels before this? Years before this, but this the, her career had kind of cooled down. The point oh, I'm yeah. making is that she was, I think, a name for the global market more so than for anyone perhaps. caring in this country. Yeah, perhaps. Right? I mean, drop your favorite Jolie movie. Go ahead. Do you have one? Uh, <laughs> not off the top of my head. He's got two uh, she was all right in Mr. and Mrs. Smith Okay, Brad Pitt. That was I okay. I think the, that's the one that people like her the most in, I guess. I found her, yeah, that's the most I've ever found her likable, really. She was uh, won an Academy Award for Girl Interrupted. and Oh, Girl Interrupted's good. Was nominated for Changeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also uh, Laura Croft in Tomb Raider. Yeah, not so good. Her r- relationship with Brad Pitt is every is more popular than her movies. Yeah. Is more famous than her movies. She's naming her kids crazy things. And believe it or not, Scott, three of her children were voices in the third film. Were pandas. Angelina Jolie's children? Uh-huh. Just oh. For whatever. For just. international children? Mm-hmm. Oh. With the tattoo of the longitude and latitude of their births on her arm. She's crazy. She's crazy. Um, well, if you remember, before all that, she used to date Billy Bob Thornton, mm-hmm. and the two of them carried around each other's blood So on a, in a necklace. These things are more famous, in my opinion, than any, of, any good acting that she's done. What's the most exciting thing you guys have ever done in a car individually or together? You want me to be honest with you? We f***ed in the car on the way here. You've got uh, the Mantis, who's played by Seth Rogen. And although the guy is, you know, he's just a comedic actor, he's done voiceover work before. He was in the Spiderwick Chronicles as a voice. He was in Horton Hears a Who. He's a comedic character. He knows how to deliver a line. He just, for some reason, the voice, that voice coming out of the Mantis makes zero sense to me. It's an offhand voice coming out of a character that should sound more imposing. Right. Right? And they should have played up maybe more of a joke about that, I think. But I still liked know? him more than the other three that I've already mentioned, because at least in the third movie, they let him go with the crane. Right. David Cross, who's probably the best probably voice. Probably the best one, yeah. All right. And they let him do a little bit of a Fits bit. his character. Makes again, sense. David Cross is also a voiceover guy. He's done Dr. Doolittle. He's done Curious George. These are guys that have done voices before. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, That's a hot paycheck, you know? Hey, and he had a whole controversy where people wanted to give uh, 
David Cross shit for doing the chipmunks. And he's not afraid to fight anyone. He'll fight anyone, criticize anyone. And he's like, yeah, bought my house. It's more, I made more uh, yeah. money on the chipmunks than anything I've ever done, ever. Yeah, that's right. So what do you think? Eh, wrong. Whatever you were going to say doesn't matter because I make more money than you. That's if you're 80% of the public. So I'm right. I mean, I went to college watching Mr. Show and Wonder yeah. Shows and waiting for Guffman, Dr. Katz, Futurama. He's awesome. Yeah. All right. And of Arrested course. development. But I mean, the guys had feuds with Larry the Cable Guy, with uh, oh, yeah. with uh, <laughs> Lipton from the Actors Studio, yeah. with uh, Scott Stapp from, from, from Creed. Creed, yeah. <laughs> Problems with different people. Well, I just heard. David Cross mad at me. <laughs> Seems my life is gonna change. Oh, and before we kind of jump off of actors, uh, we have to, of course, mention the Jackie Chan trilogy superstar. We talked about him at length. Rush Hour. In Rush Hour. So. And also David Cross. Oh, yeah, you're right. He was in Men in Black. Men in Black. He's in the first and second movie. As two different characters. I'm an actor. <laughs> an actor, for crying out loud. I mean, you know how much rejection I face every day. But in this business of show, you have to have the heart of an angel and the hide of an elephant. All right, Scott, I think it's time we just break down our bullet points for these films. Let's do it. All right. Um, you got Kung Fu Panda. Legend tales of a legendary warrior whose kung fu skills were the stuff of legend. I like we we start, we see his uh, his little fantasy of him as a kung fu master. Mm-hmm. My favorite line from that part is, there is no charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a good way to describe our podcast. <laughs> it's free. There's no charge for awesomeness and attractiveness. All right, no question. More people should be listening. We are dragon warriors. We are not little rabbits and pigs. We're dragon warriors. God damn it. All right. We could go on forever, but I think we can both agree that the visuals of these movies are strong, right? Yeah, and I think, I mean, with most, I thought with Hotel Transylvania, too, the the visual aspect got better. Yeah. As we went along, obviously, because as the technology is getting better and better, it's just a cleaner. Let me just clean up their filth. Housekeeping. Uguay is a great character. He made me laugh many times. The turtle? Yes. Turtles are funny. With, uh, was that Randall Duck Kim? Randall Duck Kim. Um, he's a trilogy superstar, actually. He's in The Matrix. And he's, also in ah. jo- he's also in John Wick. So he's been oh, okay. in, some, in some trilogies, that dude. He's been in a lot of things. And one of his first scenes, he's like blowing out the candles one by one and he's a turtle and it's taking a long time. And Dustin Hoffman like does like yeah. one little move and puts them all out. Pretty funny. Yeah. Like good, good little gags. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, oh, and before, you know, since we're just talking characters, the only the last one worth mentioning is that we get the voice of Michael Clark Duncan. That's right. In this one. And he's another trilogy superstar. He's been in a ton of things. His deep voice is very distinctive. But his first film ever was Friday. Oh, that's right. And he plays uh Debo's friend, shooting, mm-hmm. shooting dice in the hood. Oh! I really like Dustin Hoffman through these three films. Yes, I enjoy it. It's, he's a good foil to Poe to the turtle because it's they're all nonsense, and he's like, I'm all business. You think this is funny? Tai Lung has escaped from prison, and you're acting like children. When you watch like a Pixar movie, you kind of like forget 
who's doing any voices at points like mm-hmm. you, and you fall in love with those characters but with dreamworks i always picture them in the booth recording the lines okay i don't picture them like they don't become the character i see the separation in a way because again like, it's about the big name just getting the name right yeah and you're like you came in and do like do a couple of woes and, <laughs> and, and you that's know, a failing and, yeah hey like don't even get me started because i'll go on and on about vin diesel making millions on saying one word oh yeah Okay. And thinking that it's some sort of deep art. Yeah, I studied it. Studied different ways he'd say it. Different. Shut the yeah. fuck up. No, you didn't. I studied good. Oh, yeah. Your range of one word is better than every actor. Yeah, all right. And guru. There's a lot of movies um, that Kung Fu borrows from. Okay. Yeah. But I think you also have to, you know, of course, it's a riff on just Kung Fu movies in general. The things you see in Kung Fu movies. But you're also getting a little taste of the Karate Kid in there. The idea of the master and the student. Right. Training. Mm-hmm. Okay. For and sure. And I think you're definitely getting a little a little Star Wars. Absolutely. A- Anakin. Uh-huh. And uh, the Obi-Wan. training. The, the idea of having an apprentice sort of and training somebody and to that, defeat that, another person. The dynamic there. He's more powerful than you. You're training. It's For sure. You know, this is universal. The one thing I said, uh, the Karate Kid, it has the same sort of gimmick in each movie where at the beginning, the master... Just you know, offhand mentions some new technique or whatever, <laughs> and then of course that's the way that he always wins in the end. Of course, yeah, but it's effective because yeah. even when you see, you're like, oh boy, he's gonna use that on him. Good, I wonder yeah. how and when. <laughs> Here like, it comes. Yeah, it's gonna happen at some point. <laughs> Plan A taught you the five point palm exploding art technique. Of course, he did. There's the uh, scene where he goes to like the the throne room, yeah, and he sees all the artifacts, and he's just like fanboying out and like yeah, and, like all stuff. Apparently, that was actually based on one of the uh, directors who worked on the movie when he went to uh, Skywalker Ranch. Oh, really? Where he saw all the Star Wars stuff, and that was supposed <laughs> to be like his like he's like that's how I reacted, so that's how he would react. Guy knocked over a vase, and seven Jedi flew out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Anakin. Anakin. No! no matter how much karate training you give to a snake, I feel like the bear has to win. I don't care how untrained he is. I <laughs> see. I was going to say to me, no matter what training you give to a snake, will they ever be effective in a battle at well, any point? I can't believe like it's clever it, the way they animate her. But even still. Yeah. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. Oh, I liked uh, when he gets hit in the nuts and he said, oh, my tenders. I think that was funny. Because it's something you would say. It is something I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my jennies. Oh, my tenders. Mmm, delicious. I know. Tenders. Mighty good. When watching this, I I find that, and I don't know if it's the animators taking inspiration from, or possibly Jack Black or both, at times, Poe's character, to me, seemed like Homer Simpson-esque. One of the scenes, for example, is when they're at the peach tree, and he's talking to the turtle, and he's got his mouth shoves full i see you have found a sacred peach tree of heavenly wisdom oh is that what this is i am so sorry i thought it was just a regular peach tree that's a homer simpson yeah thing of like his mouth filled with crap you sure know. sure i was at tai lung i believe is his name uh the ian mcshane leopard right um his story is actually kind of sad where you almost feel for him well 
And then interestingly, I read that they had to retool his character at one point because they thought he was too sympathetic. Oh, really? Yeah. And they yeah. added, they added, I think the, at the end where he's like attacking the city, they added that in to be like, well, he's attacking the city. Yeah, the so first thing I thought was like, he's sort of justified in being angry. Kinda. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you can have this. And then this turtle's like, mm, I don't think so. Like, it just, just took it away a whim of an idiot. You were not meant to be the dragon warrior. That was not my fault. Not your fault. Who filled my head with dreams? Huh. Who drove me to train? Until my bones cracked. Who denied me my destiny? The idea of the secret ingredient and the there was no secret, no secret ingredient. ingredient. It was very reminiscent. I mean, it's in a ton of movies, but the first one I thought of is Space Jam. Okay. Where he has the bottle. It's Mike's secret stuff mm. that's supposed to give them all basketball abilities. Of course. And then he's like, no, guys. It was inside of you all along. Inside like, of you the whole time. Yeah, it's a very, it's a typical trope. It gets the used old a lot. placebo effect. Yeah, but for some reason, it it's kind of effective here, where yeah. you're like, oh, no, I'm like the way you presented it was good. Yeah, like, the first time. Then it's the theme in the second and movie. Then it just keeps. Then going. it's the theme in the third movie. We get it. All right. Yeah, we get it. And maybe you should get it, Poe. Get it. So then you got Kung Fu Panda two. Long ago. In ancient China, the peacocks ruled over Gongmen City. They brought great joy and prosperity to the city, for they had invented fireworks. Got a father-son drama going on. Oh, yes. there weren't enough big names in the first movie. They needed to add at least five new big names in this one. I'll tell you right now, though, each of the new names, Scott, are trilogy superstars. They've all been in at least one other trilogy. So I'm going to say the name. Okay. I'm going to see if you can name the, the other trilogy or other trilogies they've been in. All right? Okay. All right. You got Gary Oldman pops up. He was in the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay. He was also in the Planet of the Apes. Michelle Yao. Yao. She plays the soothsayer. She's famous mostly for um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. in the Matrix? No, she is in The Mummy, the third mummy. Ah, that's the one I've Another never seen. Another movie that takes place in Asia, where we go off to Asia, mm. the third mummy film. But like snowy Asia. It's got Asia's Asia, <laughs> all right? It's Eastern Up Asia. Up in the mountains, then. Was, you yeah. know, of Asia. You know, Asia. Okay. <laughs> Danny McBride. Danny McBride was in... Despicable Me, Scott. Ah, I was never going to get that. I know you weren't. That's why I said it. Thank goodness. Dennis Haysbert. What? Oh, uh, oh, fucking Major League. Boom. Fuck you, Joe Boom. I do it myself. Another piece of inexplicable casting. You have Jean-Claude Van Damme, who, again, is not known for talking. No. And I'd be surprised that his name still carries any weight overseas. I guess it must, right? That's why they used him. I guess. Because he says nothing in this movie. But he's also been in, do you know the trilogy? I don't. The Expendables. Oh, he yeah. played yeah, the yeah. villain. Oh, God. So, yeah, they added five new characters. They're all trilogy superstars, and that's them. The only reason you're still alive is that I find your stupidity mildly amusing. I did think, actually, talking about the dad and his soups and whatnot, in the second one, he mentions, he was like, oh, I'll get you some tofu. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. He finally went through with his dream. And Yeah, stinky tofu. Yeah, the stinky tofu. Ugh, yeah, Awful. I like tofu, too. What's wrong with you? I like it in a dish. It's got to be with something because it's bland on its own. But Oh, so you wouldn't put tofu on a burger in place of like the burger, like a slab of tofu. And I would have to like grill the tofu and like put some spices and stuff on it and maybe put some still, sauce on it. I yeah, I would eat that. 
right I, I like, I mean, I like veggie burgers. I like turkey burgers. I like anything. You know what? If we're stranded on an island, I want you to be the one that's in charge of getting the food. I feel like you'll find something for us. Yeah, it doesn't mean you'll eat it. But if I have to live. <laughs> but what if I just, you know, ate, ate all the food and I was like, oh, no, I couldn't find any. Then I'd murder you and eat you. <laughs> in fact, I'd, I'd, I'd realize early on what was happening. Wait for you to be fattened up from eating all the food, <laughs> then kill you so that my meal would be that much better. Tastes like chicken. I was confused, and maybe you can help me out here, but it just seems like something didn't work there. Um, they're trying to get into, to confront the peacock at one point. Right. They roll that tiny little barrel. Okay. And they're like, oh, how cute. And then it explodes open and the mantis is in. And he's like, oh, cute. I, oh, yeah. Why would a tiny barrel be cute? Your ignorance of Chinese culture and their <laughs> love of barrels maybe, is, is maybe, showing. Maybe barrels are cute. What really? Do I know? Barrels known to maybe be. Maybe barrels are kawaii. I don't know. So this is the part of the movie, Scott, in my opinion, that drags a little bit because you got him kind of doing the same thing three times. He's kind of confronting the bad guy three times. Over and over and over again. You know, he's first he goes and then the bad guy, I don't even know what his plan was. As soon as he's confronted, he flees and brings every everyone with him. And he's like, well, I can't keep this city, so I'm going to just take over all of China instead. What? Yeah. That's not a good plan. Yeah. Um, and then they go to the iron mill where he's smelting all that iron in that very Mao. I guess he's making the armada for the yeah. end, right, right? At that point. And so then you have the final confrontation, that long protracted battle on the water, which is cool. Yeah. But we're kind of doing the same thing three times. We, we sort of need to get to the point a little it, earlier. Yeah. I did think it was interesting that the plumage, like the the peacock's natural defense actually came into play and was a character thing. I'm no kung fu master, Scott, though you probably suspect I am. I'm not. Oh. But I feel like what they did was almost the fan technique in fighting, using the plumage as almost that, that right. fan, using fans sure. in, in combat. But I just thought, you know, since that's an actual trait of, of peacocks. That's what this defense is yeah. for. And it, he defends himself Listen, brilliantly. Why in hell would you use a peacock if you're not going to have its plumage be right. a part of any of its defense, of its it was, character? Yeah. It it's a, a boring bird otherwise. It was a big story element, actually. The whole cool thing about a peacock is the plumage. Is the, <laughs> the plumage. Or plumage. Skidish. Is that the Jack Blackism, you think? Well, he's he makes up a lot of, like in Tenacious D, he's always like scatting. Scatting. Doing like, ring a goo goo, ring a goo goo. Ring a goo why does Gary Oldman keep around that naysaying ram the whole time? Every Jafar needs an Iago. Sure, I guess it's the benefit of knowing the future. She's a seer. Mm. Here's the other thing, though. She didn't see herself getting fired, did she? So I think she's full of shit, too. <laughs> Everybody in these movies are full of shit. Yeah. They're all full of shit. You full of shit. You understand that? You full of shit. Here's what I don't understand, okay? There's this giant cannon. Right. It's extremely powerful if you stand right in front of it. Right. Step out of the way. You make a very good point, Scott, because a cannon is an artillery weapon meant to be pointed at a group of people that don't necessarily know it's being pointed at them. Right. In this film, every character is fully aware this giant gun is pointing right at them. And you know, you really got to give it up for his, his uh, you know, uh, evil genius because he's <laughs> able to convince people to put their face up against the yeah. muzzle of a cannon and the just take it full blast. Yes, the plan is stand them right in front right. of the cannon. Yeah. There were two mantis eating someone's head jokes 
and they were extremely similar, and they both suck. It's evident that you don't like Seth Rogen in this role, I think. It's not that I don't like I Seth Rogen. I feel like his voice just isn't, isn't distinct enough to be, sell he, these he things. He shouldn't be that. Fuck you. Fuck you. And ultimately, I feel like the fireworks at the end, it's a little bit in bad taste. Why? why? That the city shoots out fireworks at the end. Look well, at a lot of people just died from look fireworks. At, look at the horror yeah. that they've yeah, caused. That's true. This guy's whole... But point to being a villain was he had invented explosions and it's, fireworks. It's true. You know what? It's probably because they didn't want kids to be terrified of fireworks after this movie. You don't want angry letters from parents being like, I can't take my kid to the 4th of July barbecue anymore because you fucked him up with your stupid kung fu panda too. <laughs> I think the letter will be more like, I want to shoot fireworks with my boy and he's terrified of them now. You scared my boy. He won't put this firework yeah. in his mouth. I, that, that's the more realistic <laughs> note that they're gonna get yeah, maybe so that moves us along to kung fu panda 3 mm. all right hmm with your chi i will finally be able to return to the mortal world and this time you won't be there to stop me ah it was never my destiny to stop you i have set another on that path the first thing i wrote was get some confidence already poe enough of this <laughs> Yeah. Harken back to the last two movies where you saved all of China, idiot. But he never had to teach anybody before. Me teach? I mean, why not Tigress? She's always telling everyone what to do. Be quiet, Poe. You see what I mean? Uguay's back. That's nice, I guess. Dead, not dead, I guess. Yeah, he's in the spirit realm. But again, uh, I think I, I mentioned this in several episodes, but again, the trilogy... Um, the trilogy trend of the third movie kind of going back to the first movie. Yep. And uh, revealing, so either revealing something or, you know, opening. Or, or revisiting something because it worked so well in the first movie and they, it's needed after maybe a lackluster second. N and, that didn't really happen here, but again, yeah. they're revisiting something that we all liked from the first movie. Right, and sort of revealing something we didn't know about, like Ugwe, something we didn't know about pandas, mm -hmm. right? That's all en encompassed in this sure. storyline at the beginning. Yeah, we need some plot here. I mean, ultimately, right. how many times are we going to go back to the same fucking guy that got no Some confidence? evil guy wants to take over, yet yeah, wants power. Yeah, take always the same thing. And maybe take over Japan. It's a tiny island. Why, don't take over <laughs> yeah, giant try China. somewhere else. <laughs> Korea, Japan. It, it's a huge country <laughs> surrounded by tiny countries. Take over the, yeah. the tiny ones. Yeah. yeah, Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees. Look at these. Um, there's a kid that, like early on who like is some background like bunny rabbit kid or something. Yeah, love the bunnies. But he just yells out like, yeah, defend the valley. But it sounds like the kid has been smoking for 40 years. It could be akin to... <laughs> The fact that they clearly included a mentally challenged panda when they got to the my village. My God. I would suggest that, that he's panda... He's one of my favorite parts of the third he's, movie. He's inbred. There are only so many pandas. Yeah. So that I'm sure that, that And a happened. lot of them got killed. So we have the Wayne Knight panda, who is a little, uh, a little not all there himself. Yeah. And then we have this the guy, guy that's after, really... Like, oh, my God. Okay. You're like me, but old. You're like me, but fatter. <laughs> You're like me, but <laughs> with a hat. <laughs> oh, you know how you and I um, like to embellish upon lines sometimes when we see these movies or movies that we enjoy? Yeah. The part of this movie where the father is telling Poe, he's like, you've got to eat like a panda, sleep like a panda. Yeah. Naturally, I thought, 
and fuck like a panda. <laughs> Which is to say, not fuck. <laughs> you know what? You wouldn't fuck either if your only choice was Kate Hudson's pitiful cameo voice in this. It was originally going to be um, Rebel Wilson. And there was, oh my God, as soon as you saw the character, I was like, why is Robert Wilson not this character? Right, but it wound up being Kate Hudson because of a scheduling conflict, and it's whatever, it's yeah. nothing. And wow, what a great way to stop yourself from getting coronavirus. I don't like Panda Village. I don't really think the pandas are as funny as... a silly place. <laughs> I don't think they're as funny as the other animals. I, don't, I yeah. just don't think they're as funny. I know you like the pandas, but for me, the other animals are funnier and physically even funnier. I was very suspect of the pandas the entire time. So then I was like, is the whole village fake? What if these are the coward pandas who sold out the other pandas who got killed and they ran away and didn't save them? And that's why they forgot how to do the trick is because they had abandoned everyone. They lost half their people and then they just got lazy. Ah, you're crazy. Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? Um, When he first brings him to, you know, Panda Village. Because he like, whoa, is like, whoa. And he's like, no, we're not even there yet. And they go up in the elevator. He's like, now you can whoa. <laughs> All I was thinking was a, another trilogy. I was thinking if like Bane, <laughs> the line, the, only then will you have my permission to whoa. <laughs> Scott, you're very twisted. I'm necessary evil. There's the, when he's at the Panda Village and like they're eating and they're like, what? You only eat one at a time? Weird. And whoa, what are chopsticks? You don't eat with your hands? Like, yeah. he just did the how many, you know, buns can right. I fit in my mouth bullshit. And now they're like, what? Like, These kids don't I'm just want- not doing it right now because I have a little thing called fucking table manners. Okay. <laughs> I've just That's met why. all of you. Yeah. I don't want to be eating like a fucking gavone with yeah. some people I don't really know. <laughs> These kids, if he shows any semblance of dignity, they want to disparage him. Yeah. For goodness sake, where are your manners? When uh, when Kai attacks the temple and he smashes through it in like, yeah. one swoop, he, I, the sound sounds like China breaking. <laughs> like, Scott, you really sometimes you find things that make no sense. It's akin to thinking that the sound that I still Captain think it's meant to sound like a bell. The sound of Captain America shield. It rings like a no, bell. No, not bell. You said let freedom ring. You said the Liberty Bell. Yeah, that's right. You the don't Liberty know what bell. that sounds like. The most like. famous <laughs> bell. No. That it has to do with freedom. Clearly, <laughs> your sound effect about China breaking is not the case at all. But I will say <laughs> that the casual way that Kai just destroys that temple with the uh, with the turtle statue. Yeah. It's like, and fuck your fucking temple, too. <laughs> just How you like me now? It's almost like he's walking away and he's like, oh, and here's your fucking temple. Boom, smash. Yeah. I'm out. Kai. <laughs> Peace. Deuces. I'm out. I got everybody's soul up in this little statue. <laughs> it's all about soul. It's all about faith and a deeper devotion. When the two dads come together for the double dad defense and yeah. come out spinning and attacking, it's, it's pretty sweet. Like, I like it. Again, I enjoy the relationship between the two dads I and agree. them getting along. Like, I agree. So that was that was nice. But once the, the, the battle is over and they're now in the spirit realm and he's yes. fighting in the spirit realm, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't get that. That's just dumb to me. He turns into that dragon. He's eating things. I don't, yeah. it's weird. It also raises a lot of questions, right? So he tries to do the, the wushi finger, whatever, I mean, he can't right, do it. Can't do it. But he can use it to send himself to the spirit realm, right. right? So that tells us that in the first movie, he sent Tai Lung to the spirit realm. Right. Right? So I thought, I'm like, we're going to see him. 
Yeah, good call. Right? And he's going to get like attacked by, because I mean, why wouldn't you? If you Tai Lung should have been, been one of the Jade things. He should have had his spirit. Right. Right. Why didn't we see him? That would have been interesting. And really, he should have had the peacock from the second one, too, as a spirit. Why not? That would have been beautiful callbacks. Would have been a great tie-in for the whole yes. trilogy to make and, it. And, and they do a fine job, I think, in tying it together. I mean, no mistake about yeah. it, but that would have really been icing on the cake. And it's not like you need their voices, right? You don't right. have to pay them to come back. No, no, you're right. Very good. Very good. Because then he uh, says to him, like, well, can I go back? He's like, it's your decision whether you can go back or not. And he's like, wait, you can actually go back? He's like, I don't know. I've never tried it before. <laughs> and, like, in my head, I immediately, I just thought, like, the Dustin Hoffman character, if he was there, would be like, what the hell are you talking about? Of course, like, we, we didn't try it. You didn't even try to see the code. You didn't, even, you didn't even go. What the hell's the matter with you? Like, I just feel like he'd get so furious. Like, you're just wasting all this power. I, I would do so well with it. Why, I why have you manipulated me like this through the years? Yeah. The student has truly become the teak. Wait, where did you get that? Oh, this. Uwe gave it to me in the spirit realm. Oh, of course he did. Lovely, Scott. Lovely. That yes. is Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, some, right. some light fare. Light fare, kids movie. You know what I mean? We yeah. can do it all here at the Trilogy Podcast. Right. It's not uh, always about dragon warriors. Sometimes it's about the unsung hero. Yes. Yes, Scott. You're right. Yes. Much like uh, our good friend uh, Phil. Yes. Our field correspondent. You're right. Phil. <laughs> so <sighs> we thought, you know, we don't want to... He's had a hard time of it lately. Yeah. So we give him a little bit of a break. We, we don't want to send him to do something where he could potentially get hurt in any way, no. right? Like we just, so we don't want him fighting or anything it's, like that. Any of the obvious, the Kung Fu. It's enough already. So it's enough already. We just very simply, we just sent him to the San Diego Zoo uh, to see the famous see pandas. See the famous pandas. All right. So his report. Hey folks, Phil here, your field correspondent for the Trilogy Podcast. I'm at the San Diego Zoo, and I'm about to fulfill a lifelong goal of mine and see a live panda in person. I am so excited. So much so that I uh, decided to cosplay as Poe, the Kung Fu Panda himself. I've painted myself black and white. I've been working on my skadoosh, and I'm ready to meet the pandas. <laughs> All right, oh, now you have a great day. Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, where do you keep your pandas? Pandas? There's no pandas at the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> really? Wait. Really? Yes. Really. Are you kidding me? We sent them back to China about a year ago. Are you kidding me? And All right. Now you have a great day. God, that's disappointing. Oh, well. I guess I could catch a Padres game, but I also don't like sports. Panda! Ow! What the hell? Why would you do that? Is that a tranquilizer dart? Why would you do that? You choose me because you think I'm a band? Oops. Looks like we missed one. Well, box him up. Sleep well, little buddy. In the morning, you will be in China. Hope you like coronavirus. Bon voyage, Phil. Have a great trip. We'll miss you, buddy. We're going to miss you in, in a big way. Scott, it's been an adventure. Um, it certainly has. I'm going to go first this time. Sure. Okay, I'm going to break it down for you the way I see it. Sure. All right. Um, for me, Scott, this was a successful trilogy. It was not meant for us. It was meant for kids. Sure. And in that way, it absolutely succeeded. I didn't necessarily love all these films, but none of them were offensively bad. Yeah. So I'm going to say it's a successful trilogy. Ultimately, the order for me, and this was a tough one because they're very similar. Yes. Very similar. I'm going to go 
one, three, two. Two, I thought, had a tendency to drag in the middle, and they really struggled to get to the point. Right. Three was really funny, and I thought it was going to be my favorite until they got to the Panda Village. So ultimately, I had to go with one, the originality. The humor kind of flowed all the way through it. I, I'm going to totally agree. I think it's a successful trilogy. Again, it was, uh, you know, like you say, it was for kids. But I still watched it and went, I thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through. I didn't, you know, absolutely hate anything about it. I think Jack Black is very funny. I think some of these people are very funny. Yeah. Um. So I, and I'm going to say the exact same order. I'm going to say huh. one, three, two. Because all right. I felt like I did feel like two dragged a little bit. Gary Oldman was fantastic sure. as as the bad guy, but all these movies had good bad guys. Yeah, none of this was guys. none of this was shitty. Uh, yeah, Let's one, three, it. two. All right, very good, my friend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the trilogy podcast. I am Vin and I'm Scott, and what I do is I run the Instagram for us, and I really try and match up the jokes and the funny elements of this episode with what I put on Instagram. And uh, I do the uh, Twitter. I always like to do fun polls about whatever current episode we have out. We're truly a team, and we're taking over the world, ladies and gentlemen. So, in the immortal words of Turtle, Scott, uh, Skadoosh. That's not what Turtle said. Oh, what, did, what does Turtle say? I don't remember. Oh. Do you want to get some noodles? Yeah, let's go. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with...